0: Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew Roberts, and welcome into the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. I hope that your 2019 is going great so far. I know that everyone is making New Year's resolutions. They're trying to eat healthier. They're trying to get back in the gym. They're trying to just be a a new year, new me. And I want you to know that whoever you are and whatever you're doing, I'm proud of you. I have actually been training for a marathon for the past five months, so exercise, I'd actually like to do a little bit less in the new year. Really my New Year's resolution I stole from my wife, it's to be more intentional with things. And so when that comes to having conversations with the people and really investing in relationships, uh, my wife uh, wants to be more intentional, as do I. But that's enough about me. Let's talk about today's episode. Today I had the Awesome opportunity to speak with one of my best friends. His name is Joshua Graber. He was in my wedding, I was in his wedding, and I actually worked for him for a few years whenever my wife and I were living in Houston. He is an entrepreneur who started his own business right before he graduated college with one of his best friends, and then he left that business to pursue another passion of his. He's a great father, a great husband, a great human being, a great friend, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to get to dive into his story about him starting that business, what his fears were why he decided to leave, and what he really considers to be success. He's somebody that I admire and I look up to, as I'm sure you will too, after you listen to this episode. He's a funny, witty guy, and so there is a, a little blurb at the end of this episode where he lays down some really funny dad jokes. So stick around to the end. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it; we live it.
1: Well, I think you're doing great right now. I think, you, I mean, you could, in theory, use any of this. I in theory, right? Because we're right now. We're we on, yep, we're yeah, recording. yeah. We are. So you don't have to feel awkward about it. <laughs> <clears throat> but if you um, want to, you can go ahead and introduce me, and then cut it out. Okay, I could. Yeah, just whatever. Makes or we could
0: mean. use all this good juicy content. Yeah. Everybody, welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts, and I am delighted to have one of my best friends on here, Josh Graver. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have. Done it. Um, Josh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is like a a dream come true, I would say to me. I used to work for you when I lived in Houston at Dynamic Sports Training, mm-hmm. which is where you're you're still at today, and um, that's where we formed our, our friendship. Um, and now that I live in Austin and I have uh, a different career path, um, it's it's nice to kind of come full circle and uh, join you know a friendship and a a business uh, opportunity as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not to puff you up too much, but we you were talking up. about this when you when you asked me. To do this, I was like, "Man, I've been waiting on another opportunity to collaborate with the Andrew Roberts again." So yeah, I'm excited I feel like to be here. I hope I don't
0: mess it up too much. I well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> time will tell. Yeah, but I feel like our uh, creative uh, outlook or I guess expression when it comes to like marketing and business is very similar. And uh, maybe it's because I work for you, and I you had an impression on me. So I, all that to say, I'm excited to have you on the podcast and to, to chat about your story, and obviously I look up to you in a professional level as well as, you know, other areas of life, but today I want to talk about kind of your story and your career and where you've gotten to so far, and would you mind giving us a like a two to three minute kind of elevator pitch on your story and who you are?
1: Yeah, um, I'll try to condense uh, all of that good stuff into <laughs> <laughs> two to three minutes, Um So, I grew up in the Houston area, and I actually followed my brother up to Baylor University after I graduated from high school and studied marketing, and uh, was a few credit hours away from a double major in uh, finance, but that was not my cup of tea. So, Uh, I graduated from Baylor University uh, in 2010, Mm -hmm. and I started a... Digital marketing company with one of my best friends from okay. school, and our, our niche—no, <laughs> I hate that word. Uh, <laughs> so our, our uh, the company is called First Focus Marketing. Okay. And so catchy, we actually man. did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, our first focus was marketing. Right. Our marketing clients were also our first focus. (laughs) Oh, wow. Double meaning. Yeah,
0: that's good. And what year was this that you guys started? This
1: was 2010. So we actually started it before graduation. Okay, cool. And so uh, started as an indoor advertising company, um, which is just a uh, fancy way of saying mostly bathroom advertising I don't know know if you knew that or not. Did
0: you guys make urinal cakes with your faces (laughs) on them?
1: We did not make urinal cakes, but uh, we weren't far off from that. Sure. You know, after we didn't have quite the success that we thought we might with that, we expanded into the online side. And so we had a handful of clients where we did website creation, Mm -hmm. a business partner did most of that. Mm -hmm. And then I handled a lot of uh, SEO, SEM, as well as uh, social media marketing was a lot of what I did for our clients. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in Waco for a couple of years, and then he moved down to Houston for personal reasons. He was getting married. Cool. Um, and so followed him back here. I mean, I was from Houston, and so we both moved back here and moved the company back here. And not that long after, uh, I was approached by a good friend to come in for an interview. And so uh, did that, and... One thing kind of led to another career-wise, and I, I talked to my partner at the time, and um, ended up making the shift over to Dynamic Sports Training okay. to help take over some of their business operations. And uh, Initially, it was marketing and sales. Okay. So, uh, DST, we now have three locations in Houston. Uh, in 2014, uh, they were had just expanded to a second location. And so... It was, I believe, five or six employees at the time. Right. And kind of realized, okay, we're all strength coaches. Uh Uh-huh. And no one's really focusing on the business side. The
0: business side, right.
1: So Kevin Poppy, uh, one of my friends from high school. He's the one that brought you in. He's the one that brought me in. Okay. Reached out and I came in and interviewed with him and um, the founder of the company and ended up being a good fit. Uh Uh-huh felt like the Lord was leading me in that direction, and so it kind of it combined a few of the things that I liked doing. Mm-hmm. It was a startup, for all intents and purposes, right? Um, and it was sports, which I'm passionate about, and it was marketing, which I love, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, a perfect fit.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And now you are the business operations...
1: I, my official title oh, is the man. director of business oh, operations. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I'm not too hung
0: up on it. <laughs> That's awesome. And now you guys, like you said, you've grown to three locations. Uh, how many employees do you guys have? We have 14. Okay. 14, including uh, cool contractors. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's grown pretty quickly the last four plus years. For sure, yeah. And then you guys do um, athletic uh, training, strength, and conditioning for um, athletes of all levels, um, including up to the pros, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we train, um, you know, kind of the easy way to say is we train. Sports in all ages, all levels, okay. uh, in all sports. So, some of our bigger name clients, you know, people people know, but mm-hmm. you know, we don't train just. Let's name drop a couple
0: for the listeners.
1: Uh, being in Houston, we've had access to some of the Houston Astros, and okay. so we were blessed to be able to train uh, Carlos Correa, and Alex Bregman, mm-hmm. Evan Gaddis, and yeah. Tyler White all prior to their 2017 World Series championship year. Cool. So that was pretty cool. Trained a handful of uh, NFL athletes who have, at one time or another, or currently, uh, had a stint with the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of minor league baseball and you know, other professional, college, high school athletes on down. So gotcha. It's been a fun experience. Yeah,
0: very cool. <clears throat> when I left D S D it was uh, difficult for many reasons, but one of them being that the job was so cool. You know, the job was like, as a an athlete working in an athletic setting, um, was like a, you know, a dream come true. And so, you know, having to walk away from that was, was a bit tough, but you guys are, um, you know, doing great things and I'm, it's very awesome to see you guys grow and continue to to get better. Well, thanks man. I want to go back to your college career. Yeah. So when, uh, you got a degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. You said you almost double majored. Almost. So what? Why did you did you go into college wanting to do marketing, or what was it that led you down that path? Did you have some guidance from your parents, or yeah. what was it?
1: Yeah. So so growing up, um, you know, most people have a few kind of naturally good skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you had zero, and, and I had zero. <laughs> um, so. Mine's not that cool, but mine is mental math. So for as long as I can remember, I've always been good at mental math. Okay. So there are a lot of cooler skills to no, be good at. Oh, man, that's really at, cool. Yeah. I bet you pulled all the yeah. ladies with oh, that yeah. mental math. The, the, the four-function calculator in my head, really. <laughs> um, yeah. It's brought me to where I am today. <laughs> nice. No, so numbers always kind of came naturally to me. Okay. And so um, in high school, I always wanted to go into accounting, which maybe would not seem like a good fit for me. Oh, it sounds <laughs> sexy. Career. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I initially went to Baylor for. So that's the reason I chose Baylor is they did have a very good business school. Okay. And so I went into it. I had I declared that I would be an accounting major, but everyone in the business school, you know, needs to take introductory classes and all these other levels like finance and management information systems. And one of them was marketing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... The first semester of my sophomore year was when I took Intro to Marketing, and I took a night class. And professor's name was Ryan Long. He was probably at the time about my age now, so he's a young guy, and he was an an adjunct professor. Okay. Um, He drove up to Waco from uh, Dell down in Austin near Austin. Yeah. Um, And so he it was a once a week class, met for three hours, and. It was just a cool setting. So there was probably 40 or 50 of us, but he made marketing very fun, um, very relatable. And it was probably to this day, like the only class that I like really gave 110% in. Yeah. Um, just because you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I take <laughs> it back. I gave 100%. Okay. You can't yeah, it's give impossible 110%. to give 110%. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he made it really fun. And we had a. a season, a season long, a semester long project. Okay. And had a group and it was just really cool to collaborate with other people to create ideas and take something and just really learn how to communicate with people and how to sell things, market things. And I I learned a lot more that marketing is more than just advertising. Right. You know, trying to get people to buy things. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I fell in love with the concept of marketing yeah. and that same semester I also took my third accounting class and hated that and so I yeah. took some time and I was like you know what I think maybe it's time for a change a switch, so, yeah yeah made the switch over
0: cool that's very cool fast forward to when you guys start first focus mm-hmm. that you did that before you graduated because mm-hmm. we talked to some entrepreneurs on this podcast and it's a I feel like the word entrepreneur and it's got a lot of buzz these days. Yeah, but you guys were doing it, you know, back in before 2000, it was cool. Before it was cool, yeah, yeah. Um, real pioneers. So, what led you to think that you wanted to start your own business? Did you have a job throughout college? Um,
1: yeah, I uh, did not follow any rules. There was no rules, just right OpEx Steakhouse. <laughs> really? Uh, oh yeah, and then um, a, a great company that the kids these days will never. No, uh-huh. um, Blockbuster Video worked oh, there as well.
0: I'm sorry, I don't... Yeah,
1: yeah, the youngins don't, will not get that <laughs> reference. Look it up, yeah. it was a real place. It's a
0: real shame that Blockbuster closed, because like Friday nights when you would go and just browse the aisles, yeah. get some candy, yeah. it was a whole
1: event. I remember checking out video game consoles. Yeah. There. Like you could do that. So we were cave- we were labeled cavemen growing up, because okay. my dad would never let us like get the newest gaming system. Nice. So yeah. we'd go and rent it for like a day or two. Okay. And I'm sure they had to make a killing. I don't know how they ran out of business.
0: Yeah. So you worked at Blockbuster. I did. During college. Uh-huh. So what gave you that inspiration to say, hey, I want to start something on my own, not work for anybody else, um, and and come up with this business?
1: Yeah. So I think like a lot of things in life, you know, you have an idea maybe in the back of your mind, but a lot of times someone or something needs to draw it out of you. Okay. And so, for me, you know, it was two months before college graduation, and my friend Tim McGee, um, yeah, he had this idea. You know, we we were really good friends and had a lot of kind of big ideas, um, just on life in general. Mm-hmm. And Tim is very much more a visionary than myself, mm-hmm. and so. You know, he was actually more the entrepreneur, probably, of the two of us. And so he cast a vision to say, hey, like, it would be awesome for us to work together. Right. And we could do a number of things. And so we sat down one night, I think, just kind of casually talking about it, not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of one thing led to another. And we said, hey, why not Why not do this? You know, why not give it a shot? And right. Coming out of a college, it seemed like... Almost like a now or never type of thing, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think kind of shows a trend, at least in that time of my life, of I went from wanting to be an accountant and saying, Hey, I want to be like stable and have like this job that I may not love, but I might be good at and just do this for the rest of my life, you know, that'll be my career. Yeah. To switching over to marketing, which isn't like by any means like this crazy, wild. Uh, Risk, but it's sure. It's you know more fun, more creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And starting
0: a business is a huge
1: risk. Yeah, and then starting a business, yeah. So it just kind of trended from safe, stable accounting, right, to starting a business. And um, you know, I was I was nervous about it because I didn't. I had a couple jobs and you know interviews lined up, but nothing I was excited about. Sure. And so I remember going home for a weekend and talking to my parents about it. And I was nervous mm-hmm. to have a discussion with them. Yeah. Um, and they were incredibly receptive to it. And so they actually helped out a lot <laughs> um, to help us get that going and um, support that dream, which is really cool. Yeah. It still means a lot to me looking back on that. Right, yeah. Now, eight years
0: later. That's huge. Um, that's awesome to have that support from people that you care about so much. And just that reassurance that what you're doing is right and even if it you know even if obviously you know you're not still with that company you know uh, it didn't turn out the way that you had planned or or hoped um you know it was still uh, a great learning experience yeah and going back to you know tim being more of the visionary yeah i would say that that is a similar situation to uh, matt and i the uh, matt taiki the co-host um and owner of the the company that we run he i mean Mm -hmm. he's very visionary. Yeah. It's very big picture, I would say, and I I feel like that's a good dynamic of uh, business partners or um, any sort of a, a relationship of like you know one person to have these you know big dreams and goals and then another person to somewhat balance that out. Yeah, and, almost reel back in. Yeah, <laughs> so, a little this bit. Is what's this is doable. This sure. What's yeah. As yeah. um, soon as I was going to say that, that was something that we relate on. Is that I am not. A huge risk taker i have i mean historically through my life i haven't been a, a big risk taker uh i'm more prone to to go the safe route and so matt is the one who has pushed me to you know take these risks with investing in real estate with you know with his business with our career and so i feel like that is something that you know we relate on is that like tim did the same thing for you but without him you probably wouldn't have started that business oh yeah for sure and wouldn't be where i am now right yeah, yeah. exactly and so let's go to when the business fails or yeah. whenever you decide to leave i don't know how that process went and i'd like to dive yeah. into that um well
1: it's a little hurtful that you just assumed that the the business failed <laughs> what tell uh-huh. me about how bad you suck <laughs> <laughs> no so in uh, summer of 2014 We'd been moved back for, I guess, nearly a year mm-hmm. into Houston, and business was doing well. Um, you know, we were slowly but surely gaining ground and gaining clients, and by no means were we making hay. But uh, sure. Well, know. I
0: feel like to today um, there is a lot of like online marketing businesses, sure. right? A lot of independent. Entrepreneurs, yeah. and I feel like this was in 2010 2011, right? That you when guys, we started, uh-huh. and I feel like that was like not around back then. I don't remember hearing of online marketing companies then that were weren't huge or like usually with big businesses they had their marketing department, right? Sure. And they didn't hire out, right? Uh, so I feel like you guys were kind of somewhat one of the the first to do it, maybe. I don't know how common it was. What like what your competition was like? Yeah, so
1: in Waco, there there really wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a couple of advertising. There was one or two main advertising agencies, Mm -hmm. and digital marketing was an aspect of it, but there wasn't a lot. And you know, we we found that um, at the time, you know, maybe we were a little bit too early, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, which sounds kind of weird. Also, could have been just our youth and. Inexperience that went worked against us a little bit, but sure. you know, all I'd say, we did do you know better than some might have expected, mm-hmm. and so you know, we weren't necessarily thriving, but we weren't you know just struggling to the max either. It mm. wasn't great, but it was it was livable, sure, and so you know, it really wasn't something that I was looking for. You know, I think a lot of times that's how God works in our lives. is you know, when you're not looking for something, is when he'll drop something in your lap, and so I wasn't looking to leave First Focus. You know, I was we'd kind of just gotten into some of our swing here in Houston, and and then I was approached by a friend of mine about potential interview, and so mm-hmm. took that opportunity and you know talked to talked to Tim about it. Got it, cool. and um, you know decided to you know essentially decided I would continue to kind of work on First Focus while I you know had my, my trial.
0: Gotcha. Uh, working elsewhere, so. Okay. And how was that received by, uh, by Tim? Obviously you guys are friends and so there's that personal relationship, but, you know, from a business perspective, you know, someone walking away, yeah. um, was that well received?
1: Yeah, so, I don't, I don't know if I'd say it was well received, um, in, in my perception, you know, it wasn't poorly received and, You know, this is kind of, I guess, an aside, but I think that speaks a lot to the character of Tim and and who he is, and also in my life, it's a good example. But the importance of surrounding yourself with people who want the best for you, Uh and so you know, similar situation to when you left DST. I hope is that you know, it it hurt you know from a company standpoint. Um, and, and it's hard sometimes to differentiate, you know, personal feelings from business. Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, I want what's best for, if I want what's best for you mm-hmm. and for Charlie and your, you know, and your family and everything like that, then, you know, it won't be as much of a, an impact, mm-hmm. right? A negative impact. Sure. Definitely yeah. not on the personal side. So, and I think Tim is definitely that kind of person and, and his handling of that i couldn't have asked for him to have done it better i mean it was it was great very cool yeah
0: and in that relationship in that business relationship i know that we talked about tim being more of the visionary um was there one of you that stood out more as a a leader of the two or um how did that relationship work as far as you know i guess maybe someone taking the the charge on the majority of things
1: yeah well, so he might tell you a different story, but he's not here to, de- to defend himself. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't say defend himself. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think it was a good balance. Uh-huh. So he, you know, he was very much more the visionary and he was a, a go-getter kind of salesman okay. side of things. And that was not my forte. That's kind of a, an adopted behavior that I'm continuing to get better at. Sure. Um, but so I handled kind of like what I do now, you know, a lot of the operations, a lot of the account management. Mm. And so, um, internally, you know, it it was a, an interesting dynamic because we were, we're good friends. We were roommates. And most of the time we worked out of our apartment. And so, you know, we were around each each other 24 seven, right. You know, in my estimation, it was a a great partnership, a great, uh, team, you know, so at times, he was very much so the leader, um, okay. especially at the start. You know, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, with campaigns, you know, same sure. kind of thing, and then, you know, very much at times I would be, I would step up and, and lead uh-huh. uh, through different areas and different facets. So. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. He he might tell the story differently, but I felt like you know we both kind of took on some of that that leadership brunt is just in different avenues.
0: Right. I got you. Yeah, I understand. Well, I I ask that because, you know, I hear that you say that, you know, when you left, you know, you went to work for DST and you weren't the owner of, you know, you aren't the owner of of DST. And so uh, going from being, you know, the owner of your own company to, you know, working for someone else, maybe that, maybe you going because you felt some stability, um, in working for someone else. And I know that, with me, I we both come from backgrounds of uh, playing football in high school. Yeah. And even though you were a quarterback. Yeah, high, I was, school, high school superstar. <laughs> we superstar, in the glory days. Yeah. Um, and I was a, a linebacker, mm-hmm. which um, is somewhat the leader of the defense. Sure. And even though we were both in leadership positions, I still felt like a, the coach was the leader. Uh, to me, yeah. at least. And I felt comfortable in that. Um, and so when it came to my professional career, um, it was easy to not be a leader. To somewhat take orders and you know complete tasks and uh, go about that. And that's what felt comfortable for me. And so that might be why um you know i haven't started uh, you know my own business and mm-hmm. why a lot of people don't venture out to start their own business because of what feels comfortable yeah and so i was i asked that to, to ask like if that is why maybe you left you know your business to go to dst because you felt some stability because it felt comfortable um in being less of a, a maybe a leadership position yeah to yeah that, again, that was a very leading question
1: <laughs> no I, I think that probably did play uh, some role but you know tim and i did not have any employees so there wasn't necessarily a um you know heavy lies the crown type situation you know with me being a, a leader
0: so much um, well, right which is why i ask of like <clears throat> since there was two of you um even when it comes to you know matt and i um with tree homes um i mean even he's the owner of the company sure. so it's easy for him to be the leader for yeah. me to look at, at him as the leader yeah i mean we obviously have uh, a long time Friendship as well, but still, when it comes to business things, I um, you know look at him as the as the leader, and so that's why I asked about you and yeah.
1: Tim. I guess go, going back, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, um, and that leadership role I don't think was very clearly defined, uh-huh. um, and so maybe that you know I viewed it as a good thing, maybe it wasn't a great thing um, that there wasn't that clear cut role. Um, but you know, going back to the the previous question about um, you know, stability and everything that that definitely was a factor mm-hmm. in, in me joining DST. I was dating my now wife right. at the time, and it was one of those situations where I was definitely leading in the direction of, cat, I you know want to make this woman my wife." Mm-hmm. And on the pay- paycheck that we were earning, <laughs> not only was it <clears throat> not impressive, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was. Responsible or feasible, uh, right. and so you know when when you're responsible for or want to be responsible for more than just yourself, right? It you know almost necessitates that you take a step back and say, okay, you know what's best for us, not what do I want for sure. You know? um, and so what I find that I found out that what I wanted most was to make Taylor my wife and start a family, um, trumped you know, what I wanted at that time, which was, um, I did enjoy being, uh, you know, having the label of an entrepreneur and starting my own business that I was cool and I enjoyed it and learned a lot, but what I wanted most trumped what I wanted, you know,
0: at that time. Right. Professional, like what you wanted personally. Yeah. Trumped what you wanted professionally. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I really respect that. Um, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs today, A lot of people who even aren't entrepreneurs put their professional career maybe first and maybe get too caught up in it when at the end of the day, you know, it's all about who you're coming home to, right? Yeah. And like you said, you know, you're responsible for someone else. And so that was a a big factor. And that kind of brings you back to when you guys started the business in college. that That was probably the best time of your life that you could have started it. Yeah. Now that you are, um, you know, a new father, yeah. and you know, have a wife and a family, you wouldn't start that business today. You wouldn't like, you know, leave DST. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, you were probably, you know, at the the best possible position to risk it all. Oh yeah. Um, when you were yeah, in college. I had nothing to risk. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't risk your student loans. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't yeah. write that down, kids. <laughs> so, like I said, is very. Um, I really, you know, respect it a lot and I, it really comes down to, you know, what you enjoy in life and, um, kind of like your perspective on things and in and your priorities. And, you know, you can be the best entrepreneur, the best, um, successful businessman in the world. Um, but if, you know, you don't enjoy the rest of your life and if you put other people to the wayside, um, you know, what are you doing it for? Right. You got to yeah. figure out, figure out your why. And when you found, you know, your wife, that was... That was now your new why. Yeah. So that's very, very awesome. Now you're at DST, and you came in um, after I had already started my internship there. And we immediately hit off. There's uh, a lot of similarities between the two of us. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of uh, creative similarities, a lot of uh, similarities when it comes to business. Both. Um,
1: Incredibly handsome, Um, (laughs) great great facial hair. There's so many things. so
0: many things. So what was that like to come into um, a business that had been around for, at that time, I believe, eight years, but like you said, there was a bunch of trainers that really enjoyed what they did, really enjoyed the passion and the, I would say, camaraderie of athletes and and all that good stuff when it comes to athletic training and, and becoming better as an athlete but maybe lacked in other areas. Um, And that was kind of like you, your responsibility now to come in and um, sort of take charge of of that, I would say, sector of the business. Sure. Uh, What was that like?
1: So it it was different in the moment than (laughs) maybe looking back on it. Okay. Um, Now, nearly, you know, coming up on five years removed, there wasn't a whole lot of direction. Um, You know, when I came on board, it was you know, I had, had the interviews and then it was almost like, all right, get after it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, because I was coming into a role that didn't really fully exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there had been people previously who had done a lot of what my role became, but those people had left the company and so they were no longer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there was no training or, you know, introduction or orientation. <laughs> there was none of that. It was just, Hey, throwing it, into it the out. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it was different, for uh-huh. sure. And, you know, it was almost like, how do you eat an elephant? You know, it's, I didn't take the approach initially of, okay, well, you know, one bite at a time. Uh-huh. It was also, okay, well, you know, where do I start? You know, right. like, What part of this elephant do I start trying to feast on? And yeah. so, it, it was a, a bit of a struggle, but after I got settled in and I think the most important part of it for, I guess, getting through that was getting to know the people uh, in the company and kind of kind of figuring out what the rules were and, and then honestly having you to rely on and work with mm-hmm. to kind of work through a lot of that stuff um, right. helped a lot. I mean, just it was a different experience, right? I mean, because you do have this established business and so you have this idea. It's almost like when you're a kid, you know, you feel like, adults have it all figured out yeah you know like you just assume that they know right and then the older you get and as you slowly become an adult (laughs) yeah you figure out okay no adults don't just have it all figured out they don't just know it all yeah and so i think similarly that's kind of how dst was Uh, and i don't mean that disrespectfully it was just you know you, you assume that it's an established company been around for years sure so that they would have a lot of systems, systems and processes. Yeah. And they did have some, but a lot of them, they did not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the weight room processes were amazing. You're right. Um, the back end of the business operations processes were non-existent or, you know, <laughs> lacking. And, and you know, you were there firsthand. Yeah. Um, we had our weekly meetings where we, you know, started putting together, a, you know, a handbook and there was nothing. Yeah. Um, and so it was daunting, but now looking back on it, it seems like, you know, we got through a lot in a short amount of time. Sure, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. was it was it was a fun experience. It was a learning
0: experience for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like that was a interesting transition for you from you know being a business owner, coming into a business where maybe you know you expected that stability, um, and maybe that maybe even you know leadership from uh, others within the business who had been there, and then like you said, kind of being thrown into the fire. Now you have to figure it out, you know, kind of all on your own. And so having that, like, still kind of that uh, quality or aspect of a of an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a business owner to, like, take charge. Um, and I know that for me it was nice having you come in and – because, I mean, I was there as, a, as an intern yeah. at the time. You offered me a job after that semester, but – having you there to sort of tell me what to do because with that being my first, you know, job or first career, um, I I wouldn't have known, you know, what to do on, on any of that. And so working together that was um that was huge, but a very daunting yeah. situation to, to walk into. Yeah. One hundred percent. And so tell me about the uh long term goals for D S T for the company and where you guys, you know, See, see this going because you've come so far. Even since, I mean, since you started there, yeah. So, where do you see DST in the future? That's a, a good question mm-hmm. and you know a tough one to answer.
1: I guess I'll, I'll kind of take a couple steps back in order to get a running start to <laughs> answer that one. Okay. But you know, one thing that I really admire about DST and, and the owners of the company and leadership within the company is that. You know, referencing back to something you were saying earlier about knowing your why all right? is that's, you know, of the utmost importance mm-hmm. to DST leadership. And it's trickled down to, you know, I feel like all 14 of us. Mm-hmm. And so when Lee Fioki, the owner of the company, when he started it, if you were to sit down and ask him, he would tell you, like, there's no way he would have imagined, you know, we'd be where we are 10 plus years, you know, down the road. Mm mm-hmm. And so, everything we do starts and finishes with why we're doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? The the minute we lose sight of that, we're gonna get in trouble, right? And so, you know, at the at the very focus of everything we do, is our athletes, right? What's in the best interest for I should say our clients. You know, sure, we have some uh, clients who aren't necessarily athletes, but is our clients, right? And so it's through building relationships and hopefully making a positive impact on their life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our goal is to do that with as many athletes as we can do it. You know, we opened our third location in the Clear Lake area in April, Mm -hmm. and we hadn't necessarily planned on doing that until late last year, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that wasn't necessarily in the vision or, you know, in our game plan, but an opportunity arose um, for a good partnership beneficial for us business and as an opportunity to increase our footprint sure. um, and so we we took it so from that aspect i'm not sure what the future looks like as far as expansion and growth but you know one thing that i'm certain of is we want to continue to build relationships and build partnerships with people at the company mm-hmm. uh, internally who have you know similar vision and similar Self missions in their lives to impact these athletes, right, and these clients in a positive way. Because Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about our industry is, athletes have the shortest careers out of almost anybody. Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're looking at professional athletes, and there's so many different levels, especially in baseball. Right. You can be a pro athlete, and you know, not really make much money. Sure. You can be a pro athlete for a long time, and never get an opportunity to play in the bigs yeah right and so the majority of our athletes our clients are high school kids mm-hmm. and you know i'm not going to take the time to go through all the numbers but you know the research is there the percentages are very slim right to go from high school to play collegiate sports and then professionally so yeah, yeah. you know we know that and we taken a uh, approach that reflects that you know yeah. so we want to make an impact off the field even more so than we do on the field, right. When possible, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know if that answered your question. It does. But that, that's yeah. kind of where we see DST going is continuing to do that, and if we can continue to do that, um, you know, God's been faithful to present opportunities
0: with to DST um, that have helped us from a business aspect. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's great, and I love what you said about finding your why. I believe it comes back to uh, you know, being patient. I have had to learn that, um, the hard way with, uh, my professional career and, uh, my career in investing, um, is just to be patient. And this is something that I mentioned to you, you know, off the air earlier is yeah. that comparisons the thief of joy, right? Yeah. Um, and so as a, to relate it to you guys, you know, if you look at other training companies that are around the United States, you know, you might feel rushed to like get more locations or to get more athletes. But if you just keep doing what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing for your why, which is to invest in these athletes, um, invest in those relationships and really cultivate those relationships, uh, then, you know, you'll always be satisfied. You'll always be successful. It doesn't matter, you know, who else is around. And that has... Is what you know i have learned through working with tree homes and like i said my investing career is that i don't want to look at other people um and compare myself to them because i'll always be playing catch-up yeah but if i just do what i do because of i love it um and because of my why then i'll always be satisfied i'll always be happy uh, and we'll have a successful career
1: yeah yeah I like what you said about um comparison you know, that's like it's a C.S. Lewis quote. But yeah, comparison being the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. It's actually not. It's like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody famous. It's a lot of a lot of people have used it because it's good. Sure. We could say um, it was my quote. Yeah. Andrew Roberts <laughs> uh, coined the phrase. Right. And so that's very true with with athletes, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, going back to that, you, you see these guys who are out there performing on Sundays, right, in the NFL or playing in the World Series and these younger athletes have that dream to be there, right? Right. But, you know, if, if you compare your skill level, um, the gifts that you've been given to others, then you're not going to be able to truly focus on, you know, making the most of what you have. Uh-huh. And so nine times out of 10, you're going to be, you're going to end up like feeling sorry for yourself or something like that. Instead of just saying, Hey, this is what I've got to work with. Right. You know, let's see if I can do that. And so, That's one of my favorite things within our our DST uh, culture is we talk about challenging and maximizing the individual's genetic potential, Mm -hmm. right? We each have a ceiling in different aspects of our lives and athletically and genetically, that's one of them, Mm -hmm. right? And so I always talk about, you know, LeBron James, right? He and I are about the same age. If I tried to compare myself to LeBron James from a basketball standpoint, I'd fall short 100% one hundred percent of the time, right? Okay. Even if I had done every single thing that he did, right, the hard work wouldn't have been enough. Sure, you know, sure, to get to where he is because I just didn't have the potential, right? And I think that's true in, in different aspects of our lives. So if you compete with anyone other than yourself, uh, then yeah, it's it's a recipe for disaster a lot of times.
0: Yeah, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah, when it especially when it comes to athletics. Sure. And I also love what you said about. You know, the goals for DST, you, you know, you mentioned the importance of relationships with, you know, all of your clients, and I—we've talked about this before on this podcast multiple times. Um, us, you know, working in the real estate industry, relationships are huge, and I've learned that relationships are one of the number one important things when it comes to any business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, so important to. Uh, provide value to other people, whether that be you know, in business or just to make someone's day. You know, yeah. um, just to be as selfless as possible and pour into each individual relationship. And I feel like that will is a recipe for success. Oh, yeah. You know? valuing those relationships and cultivating those relationships is what is going to lead a business or an individual, an entrepreneur. Um, to the next level, which is huge. And yeah. I think that, I mean, is why I would accredit, you know, the success of DST to how you guys really value relationships um, yeah. and how you, you know, value your clients and how they come number one um, before before anything else.
1: Yeah. And I think people are smart too, right? You know, I mean, well, I don't know about that.
0: <clears throat> some people are smart. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, no, but, you know, even the high school athletes who we work with, you know parents, everyone uh-huh. they can tell the motivation that you have right as an employee when you're interacting with them and there are a lot of gyms or are a lot of fitness places around the country that are in business because their model is almost like a you know bait and switch or like a, a cash grab type of sure, thing or like yeah. get them signed up for membership and then just hopefully have that cash cow but expecting right. high turnover, with customers and expecting high turnovers with employees Uh and that is a way to run a business from a financial standpoint right um but everything we do you know we want customers for life yeah and you know next step with that is we want employees for life as much as we can yeah because again it's all relationship and so if we can't prevent employee turnover Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for our clients to see that and then be like okay, well, why should I stay? Right. If you know they can't keep uh, their, you know, their coaches or right their admin staff or whatever. Yeah. And so that's kind of been the the two pronged attack, I guess, focus mm-hmm. for us. And like you said, it's it's both relational, it's internal relationships and client relationships. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I I know that you love um, you what you do and you love DST, and so I am uh, really excited to see you continue to be successful with the company and for the company to be successful as well I appreciate it before we uh, close out yeah. um, did you did you have anything to add that you would like to um, you know not necessarily about
1: DST but um, I've heard through the grapevine that uh, you're a big fan of, of dad jokes
0: I love dad jokes and
1: so I thought maybe we could do <clears throat> a, a dad joke um, off real quick Yeah, you, you got any for me
0: uh, do, you okay.
1: me to, do you want me to kick it off? Am I putting you on the spot Yeah, yeah,
0: you kick it off. I wasn't prepared for this.
1: You sure? Yeah. All right, I'll start with the uh, pretty cheesy one. Um, so I bought the world's worst thesaurus okay. the other day. Not only was it terrible, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, nice. it t- took a little bit to sink in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, you're up. no.
0: You got a whole list there. You're looking on your phone. I can't no, just go don't, off, don't off try the top of to, my head. Don't
1: try to say that I'm reading these. <laughs> I'm a dad now. These are okay, all off the top of my that's head. That's
0: right. Yeah. I'm not a dad yet, so it's doesn't come as easy to me. What's brown and sticky? Oh, God. What? A stick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I expected you to say poop. Mm. Well, <laughs> you would. Yeah. All right.
1: <clears throat> What's the difference between a good joke? In a
0: bad joke timing. Timing? <laughs> is that him? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh that's rough.
1: Yeah, I think um I think Orion's belt is just a huge oh my waste god. of space.
0: It's I, Yeah. 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 That's a is. terrible joke. No, I like it. I, only, that was give the it, I only
1: give it three stars.
0: Oh my god.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> um no, I don't think I have anything else to add unless you have any uh great. For the
0: listeners so if you're um, in the uh, Houston area if you're an athlete or know an athlete or have a child who's an athlete um, dynamic sports training is I would it's not just because I work there like I obviously through this podcast we've learned that you know relationships are huge and um, these are um, a bunch of people who really care about care about you so highly recommend dynamic sports training DST Josh how can people find out more about you and or dynamic sports training?
1: Uh, yeah. So for the company, we have what we call um, a website. Mm-hmm. And so it's a brand new thing. Um, it's on the internet. <laughs> what? And Yeah. And uh, so they can just go to dynamicsportstraining.com. Okay. And if they want to learn more about me personally, they can follow me on, on Twitter okay. or Instagram for the last five months or so, my Instagram account is mostly just adorable pictures of, of, uh, baby. of our, our new baby boy. So Aww. if you're interested in sports or just really cute pictures of babies, uh, you can follow at uh, DST underscore Josh. Cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I appreciate you having me
0: on. This, I thank you this for being fun. on. It's my first true podcast experience. Nice. Good. Well, yeah, you killed it. Um, I'm going to put all your uh, information in the show notes below. And once again, Josh, thank you so much for for being on the podcast. It was my pleasure. All right, we'll see you guys later.